The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. We are engaged in a series of lessons entitled Set Free, where we're looking at being set free from certain burdens in this life. And so we want to begin with this passage in Psalm 145. It may be a passage you're not familiar with, but I think it's an important one, and we'll talk about a little bit at the end of the lesson. And so the psalmist writes, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. In the book of Exodus, there is this fascinating story about how God sends his people what they need. And so you'll remember at the beginning of that book that the Hebrew people were in Egypt And they were slaves, and Pharaoh was mistreating them. And now God was aware of what was going on. He he heard the cries of his people, and he decided that he was going to do something about it. And so he sends Moses and his brother to speak to Pharaoh. And what followed from there was a series of ten plagues. And this eventually led Pharaoh to release the Hebrew people before he changed his mind once again and chased them into the sea. Now, once the people reached the other side, they quickly discovered that they were in the middle of nowhere and that they had little or no resources available to them. And they needed sustenance to survive. Uh, They needed to eat. And this caused them to murmur. It caused them to grumble and complain. Now they cried out in Egypt for God to do something about their situation while they were slaves in Egypt. And now they are crying out to him again, hoping that he would send them back to Egypt. And what happened next was a tremendous act of grace. God gave them what they needed. God provided He gave them food to eat. And so each day, bread and meat appeared, and the people were allowed to collect what they needed. And there was only one condition. They could only collect enough for one day, except for the day before the Sabbath, but but just for one day. Why? Why did God place these limits on his people while they were in the desert? Well, it was an exercise in trust. We think that collecting a bunch of resources, that piling up things will somehow make us safe. But God wants us to know that he is the one who gives us what we need. And so the people in the wilderness had to learn to trust God. And we have to learn that same lesson ourselves. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus offers some comments there that could very easily go along with this story in Exodus. Just just listen to what he says, and I know you've heard this before, but, but listen to it in the context of this Exodus story. And I think the two go along 
um, very nicely. He says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so if we're going to be set free from the burdens of this life, things like debt and and busyness and clutter and, and other things that sort of press against us, then we need to incorporate two important practices into our lives, and they are gratitude and trust. We need to learn to live in a way where we put our full trust in God. Now, when you read the the passage, just like the one that that we read in Matthew 6, it's obvious that that trust applies directly to our life here and now. It applies to our life today. And so God is not saying, just trust me with things after you die, or just trust me when it comes to the afterlife. Scripture over and over again tells us that God provides for us right now. Uh, Bobby um, prayed this morning a sort of a form of the Lord's Prayer. And in that Lord's Prayer is give us this day, not just bread, but our daily bread. Our daily bread for each day. He provides all that we need. He gives us the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the homes that we live in. And all of this comes from God. And we should continue to trust that he will take care of us like he's done all the way in our lives up to this point. But that's not all. We must also learn to be thankful for what he has given us. And so if we're going to be satisfied, if we're going to be content with what we have, then we must cultivate an attitude of gratitude in our lives. Now here's a statement that you need to write down. It's a statement that we all need to live by. And it's this. You are well cared for by a creator by God, who provides you with everything that you need. You are well cared for by a creator who provides you with everything that you need. Now, much of this has to do with our thinking or the way that we see our lives. Because I think most of the time we tend to think in terms of what we do not have. I don't have my dream house. I don't have that car I want. Uh, You know, I'm not going to my favorite restaurant this weekend. I don't have those new shoes. And on and on it goes. And the reality is that we do have a lot. The reality is, is that our lives are full. And God has blessed us with so many things that we just take for granted. When was the last time you missed a meal? Because you had to, not on purpose. When was the last time that that you slept on the floor because you didn't have a bed to sleep in? When was the last time that you had to walk to work? You know, we don't think about what we ate for breakfast or the comfortable bed that we slept in last night or the car that, that we've been driving for several years now. Most of us spend our time thinking about what we do not have, even though the Bible tells us not to do that. Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow, 
Paul says, learn to be content where you're at in whatever situation that is. And so we're to live fully trusting God. And we're also to be grateful for everything that he's given us. Now, what happens when we don't do this, when we fail to live this way? Well, then we're never satisfied. We are fixated with what we do not have. We are frustrated because we do not have it yet. We are jealous because others have more than us. We are nervous about tomorrow. And when we lack trust and gratitude in our lives, this causes us to be stressed. It causes us to be unhappy. We're not content. We're not fulfilled. We never find fulfillment until we learn to trust God and to be happy with the things that we already have. And so how do we begin to trust God more and to learn to be grateful for what we have? Well, the first thing we need to do is acknowledge all that God has given us. Take the time this week and just look around at all the things that you have. You have a home, you have a car, you probably have a a refrigerator full of food, you have a bed to sleep in, and take inventory of all your things and acknowledge that, that all these things come from God. And as you're doing this, you should also remember that that a lot of things that bring us the most joy and the most fulfillment are things that cannot be purchased with money. And so take inventory of these things also. You have a family and you have friends and, and most of us enjoy good health. And there's the beauty of creation that we wake up to each morning. And you may have a special talent or a special skill that brings you joy. You may enjoy something like music or sports. And and all of these gifts are from God also. And notice these things. And if you have to, make a list of them. And once we begin to pay attention to all the things that God has done for us and is continuing to do for us, it's easy then to express gratitude. The problem is that that we don't always take the time to do this. You know, we're, we're surrounded by these things every day, but but we don't always notice them because we're focused on other things or we're too busy or this or that. God is generous, and we need to take the time to acknowledge this. And next, what we need to do is celebrate God's generosity. Now, the writer of Ecclesiastes tells us that we make life meaningful, that we find joy and fulfillment in life when we enjoy what God has already given us, rather than what, doesn't, what causes stress in our lives and what causes problems in our life, according to the writer of Ecclesiastes, is when we're striving after more and more, or we just store up things just to store them up. You know? Instead, we're to enjoy what God has given us. And so in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, you know, they had several feasts each, each year. And these feasts were celebrations of things that God had done and things that God had provided for his people. And so we do something similar each year here in America. We have Thanksgiving um, where where we do this. We kind of gather together with friends and family and we celebrate what God has given us. We're thankful for what he's done. But we don't have to wait until then to celebrate God's goodness. We can do it this week. And so 
you know, do that. In invite someone over. Prepare a meal. It doesn't have to be filet mignon. It doesn't have to be something expensive. You know, be grateful for what God has given you. Enjoy the food that he's blessed you with. Enjoy the friendships that are in your life. And just acknowledge life's blessings. And then give glory to God for all that he has provided. Practicing gratitude is, is fairly easy for, for most of us here because we've been greatly blessed by God. And once we just take the time to, to stop and look around then I think we're going to find a lot of things to be thankful for. Practicing trust can be a little more difficult. And this is an important issue. It's something that we find throughout Scripture. Um, you know, we, we talked about how it's in the story of the Exodus. It's, it's earlier than that. It's in the story of Abraham. The, the patriarch had to continually trust that God would do what he said he would do. And sometimes Abraham takes matters into his own hands. He fails to trust. But eventually, after a lifetime of practice, he learns to trust God in all things. And we, we see this in the Exodus story. Uh, Jesus addresses it in the Sermon on the Mount. Paul talks about it in Philippians 4, 5 through 7, where he writes, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I think what Paul describes in this verse is something that we all want. It's something that we desire. We want that peace that surpasses understanding. But if we're honest with ourselves, then we will admit that there are times in our life when we are not at peace. Why? Well, I think first and foremost, it's a matter of trust. And so Paul begins with this, begins this statement with, with this. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. And this is all we should need to know right there. And, and, and from there on, Paul is kind of elaborating on things. Paul is saying the Lord is present. The Lord is with us. And if we trust him, then we don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to be anxious about anything. And we often worry about things that we have little or no control over. We worry about our health. We worry about the state of the nation. We worry about the economy. We worry about the future. We spend lots of time worrying about these things. But in reality, there is little or nothing that we can do about them. And instead, what we should be doing is trusting God who does have the power to do something about them. Now, how do we do this? Well, it's not easy. It took Abraham a lifetime to sort of get it right. But here's a few things we can do. We can recognize what it is that we're worrying about. And if it's something that you have little or no control over, then don't worry. There's, there's not a thing that you can do about it. And worrying is not going to help at all. So just stop it. Stop, you know. Um, 
Jesus and Paul both command this. They say, do not worry. It's a command. It's one that we don't follow, but they command it. Um, you know, we're in the political season right now, and there are a lot of people worried. Um, we can cast a vote, but that's about all we can do. After that, we don't have to worry about it. It's in God's hands. Pray about it. This is Paul's advice in Philippians 4. When we're feeling anxious, then that's when we need to go to God in prayer. And we need to give our problems to God. We need to ask him to to help with our worry. And he alone can give us this peace that passes understanding. And so we need to pray. And we need to remember God's faithfulness. If you struggle with worry or if you find it hard to trust, then what you need to do is you need to begin each day with, with a scripture. And I'm going to give it to you here in just a moment. And, and before you do anything, read this passage. Read it slowly. Pray about it. And begin your day like this. And so this is the passage that we begin with. I want to read it again, but just take our time and meditate on what the psalmist is telling us here. Your kingdom, God's kingdom, is an everlasting kingdom. It doesn't come to an end like all these other kingdoms in history have. And your dominion, God's dominion, endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words, in everything that he says, and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are following, and he raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. God provides. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. And so if, you know, if you're struggling with trust, then take this scripture and read it every morning. Read it slowly. Meditate on it. Pray about it. Make this your own. Now, remembering these words throughout the day will, will help remind us where it is that we should put our trust. So if you want to be set free, then, then this week work on practicing gratitude and trust. Take inventory of everything that God has given you. Don't focus on what you do not have. But instead, focus, pay attention on what you do have. And practice gratitude by, by celebrating God's generosity. You know, enjoy a meal. Invite friends over. Share the things that God has given you with others. And if you notice that you are worrying, if you notice that you're anxious about something, then pray about it. And give your problems to God and allow him to take care of them. And that's what we want to do right now. We want to pray. So join me. Father God, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all the things you've done, all the blessings in our life, things that we often take for granted, things that we just don't notice each day. Help us to be aware of these things. Help us to be thankful for all that you've done for us. Help us to notice them so that we're able to, to be grateful and that we're able to share them with others and enjoy them so that our lives are meaningful. Father, we confess that, that we all worry. 
Even though you tell us not to, we, we worry about things. Um, and sometimes we worry about things that, that we just have no control over. And we pray that you'll help us with this. Um, we pray that you'll give us the peace that passes understanding. And we pray that we'll be able to trust you more fully each and every day. We're so thankful for Jesus and his life and um, especially his sacrifice. Pray this in his name. Amen.